Hi listeners, this is Brent Sutton. Welcome to Season 4 and the 94th episode of the Practice of Learning Teams podcast show. During the week of June 12th to 16th, uh, myself, uh, Brent Robinson and Jeffrey Lith will be at the Leveling Up Success Through Learning Conference. It's the 29th annual learning conference and it's being held in Portsmouth, Virginia. And this is a great get-together of uh, hop Um, professionals. At that conference, courtesy of Charles Major, we're going to be releasing our latest book. And it's an exciting time for us. The title of the book is 4Ds for Hop and Learning Teams, a practical how-to guide to learn from everyday work, critical and dynamic risks with the 4Ds. I'm really pleased to be able to collaborate on this book with quite a wide range of authors this time. So we've got myself, We've got Jeffrey Lith, we've got Brent Robinson, and the first time I'd like to welcome Josh Bryant to the role of being an author. And through this book, we also have some really interesting contributions from some industry insiders, and I'm really pleased that we also have a chapter from my colleague, Diane Archan, about the 4Ds and psychosocial risk. I thought what I'd like to do today is share with you a small piece of the book as an audio chapter. So please sit back and enjoy this episode about the new book, 4Ds for Hop and Learning Teams, being released in late June 2023. 4Ds for Hop and Learning Teams. Part 2. Learning Teams and the 4Ds. Chapter 1. How it started. After the release of the book, The Pricks of Learning Teams, and the podcast show of the same name, I was listening about the learning team's journey of other organisations, including the successes and barriers they were encountering. There were some interesting organisational or facilitator themes that came from these stories, including the fear of incompleteness during event learning, lack of structure for practitioners, the right questions to ask, learning too much or learning too little, Corrective actions versus improvements and follow-through. Sharing broader learnings. Five whys and timelines. A reporting format for learning teams versus investigation reporting. And time poor to run learning teams. When I asked them about the people who participated in the learning teams, the typical responses were, I felt valued being listened to. Why don't we use learning teams more often? I enjoyed sharing my story and listening to other people's stories. I learnt so much. It was great being part of the solution rather than the problem. It has made me see things differently. And I better understand the work and the risk in doing work. I could see the tension or rub between the value people got from being part of the learning team implementing learning teams into the organisation and creating sustainable practices. It made me think that we're asking practitioners of safety 
to move from a structured process to an organic learning environment using principles. This shift from structure to principles must be challenging, uncomfortable and create uncertainty. These are the things that we naturally feel when dealing with change. And the simple truth is that we all handle change differently because we are different people. I remember in the late 1990s the book Crossing the Chasm by Jeffrey A. Moore in which he explored the technology adoption life cycle which begins with innovators and moves to early adopters, early majority, late majority and laggards. Moore identified that there is a vast chasm between the early adopters and the early majority. While early adopters are willing to sacrifice for the advantage of being first, the early majority waits until they know that the technology actually offers improvements in productivity. This chasm happens. The objective is not to eliminate or eradicate the chasm. We must acknowledge the chasm and do things differently to reduce the space between innovators, early adopters and the more mainstream market. What we need is to create a gap and not a chasm. We can extend ourselves to bridge a gap, but we have to jump to cross a chasm without the certainty of knowing where we're going to land or how painful the fall will be. This hypothesis formed part of our critical thinking when writing the practice of learning teams. With learning teams, the skill of the facilitator is vital in supporting the environment and learning outcomes. Being able to describe what this is and how to get there is a difference between innovation and transformation in these markets. Becoming a highly competent learning teams facilitator takes more than just training. While the concept of giving it a go after training may be acceptable to some, it does not provide the layer of support to cross the chasm into that mainstream group of safety practitioners. I find it ironic that we are doing safety differently to get a different result, but we don't try embedding practice differently to get a better result. Does this allow the environment to exist in a drift towards failure of embedding safety differently without needing a different approach? For a learning team facilitator, that change journey is unique. Unless you know where you're going and how you'll get there, it takes time, application, reflection and refinement of practice. It takes both success and failure for that person to learn and improve. We must support people to build the resilience needed for success and failure. After all, surely failure is normal. I also found that facilitators who came from an investigation background struggled with needing a question bank or structured framework to operate from. I could understand the dilemma that they faced. They had relied on a structured process to drive what they thought was completeness in the investigation. And a learning team with a lack of structure and being more organic by nature generated a fear of incompleteness. It reminded me of the caged hen versus free-range hinge analogy. Just because you open the cage door, don't suddenly expect the hen to emerge and become free-range. They have been conditioned to exist within a system. 
You change the system and believe they would immediately embrace the change, when in reality, they take a more slow and cautious approach to that change. Sometimes they will retrench when the change is uncomfortable, but over time, they will adapt to the new way, and once the change is embraced, they will never go back. With learning teams, asking better questions was a real dilemma, because remember, you only get the questions to the answers that you ask. For me, the four Ds were a way of creating better questions by using the four Ds as a method of appreciative understanding using storytelling and not a question bank. I also gave people some structures to do this by developing the PDCA framework for learning teams with the four Ds. Chapter 2. PDCA Framework for Learning Teams of the 4Ds. In the 1950s, management consultant Dr. William Edwards Deming, and working with Walter Schuart, developed a method of identifying why some processes don't work as hoped. His approach has since become a popular strategy framework. It allows organisations to formulate theories about what needs to change and then test them in a continuous feedback loop. Deming himself used the concept of Plan, Do, Study, Act. He found that the focus on check is more on implementing a change. The focus of study is to understand why the change is working. He preferred to focus on studying the results of any improvements. The PDCA framework for learning teams has been developed to assist a facilitator in gaining knowledge and experience in conducting learning teams by framing some of the key concepts and thinking to be applied. This framework is not a series of sequential steps to follow to undertake a learning team. The role of the facilitator is to lead people through the learning team toward agreed upon objectives in a manner that encourages participation, ownership and reflection by all those involved. Your own reflection about using this framework and the learnings gained from that reflection should be included in this framework as part of your own journey of learning and improving. There is a natural overlay between the seven phases of a learning team, the PDCA framework, and the 40 opportunity within those phases. Learning teams and ISO 45001. The learning team process follows the steps of the plan, do, check, act cycle of continuous improvement to align with the objectives of ISO 45001. This is demonstrated by the various organisational stakeholders participating in problem identification and the problem-solving process. In planning, assessing the state and looking for improvements. If a problem exists, examine it in detail. Develop possible solutions and means of execution. And in this phase, gather as much information as possible to make informed decisions about how to proceed. In the doing part, we are implementing solutions and trying out the plans, making sure everyone involved understands the change. This implementation phase is key to getting accurate results. In the checking phase, we are following up on solutions to see how effective the changes are and spend more time comparing the new state to know how things were previously. And in acting, we are standardising those improvements to make sure they remain effective, and if the change works, we continue using them and make them the new standard. 
it will be a new point of reference for future efforts around continuous improvements. And if the solutions do not work, decide whether you want to improve or remove them, but don't let waste build up. Phase one, determine the need for a learning team. The planning part of PDCA. Purpose, identify the event problem situation you want to explore. The role of the facilitator is to lead people through the learning team toward an agreed objective in a way that encourages participation, ownership and reflection by all those involved. Creating an environment of psychological safety supports learning outcomes. It is essential that the participants of the learning team are listened to, respected, able to raise issues, free to share ideas, be acknowledged, encouraged to participate, able to challenge views constructively and be recognised as competent. In the preparation phase of running the learning team, we need to make sure that you have identified and communicated the topical theme of the learning team to the participants. If the scope is too broad or vague, consider multiple learning teams. Think and plan about who will be involved, who in leadership will sponsor the learning team, What other facilitation resources do you need? When, where and how will it be held? Will it be face-to-face, remote or mixed? If face-to-face, will that space be comfortable and quiet? If remote or mixed, what technology and people resources do you need to conduct and capture those stories, narratives and learnings? How will break times be managed? How will timekeeping be managed? And how long will it be held for? In the communications phase, and the empowerment phase, we want people to actively participate by providing a clear purpose for the learning team, creating that frame for psychological safety, outlining the phases and why soak time helps people reflect and the organisation to learn, informing participants not to prepare, bring yourselves, share your stories, listen to others and be curious. Informing the group if other stakeholders are present and what their roles will be and informing the group how the information is given and how learnings will be used. Phase two, first session, problem understanding, the doing part, conduct and learn. The facilitator supports the conversation and asks open question using the four Ds that focus on understanding normal everyday work. Compare the answers and context you get between asking typical questions in a learning team versus the four Ds. Some typical questions we ask in a learning team would be things like, what does normal work look like? How hard is it to get things done? What frustrates you on your job? What doesn't make sense? What do you do to make the job easier? How doable are your procedures? What tools do you have and do they work well? What were the conditions leading up to the event? What other near misses have you seen in this area? What worked well? What failed or went wrong? Where else could a similar event happen? What else should I know? Who should this be shared with? And how did the actions or inactions of those involved make sense in their context? An example of using the four Ds would be thinking about normal work. Can you share a story when that work 
didn't make sense to you, i.e. dumb. Doing that work didn't feel right, i.e. dangerous. The work was harder than it should have been, i.e. difficult. And the work was different from what it normally is. Extend this further using TED's based questions. TED stands for tell me, explain to me, describe to me, and show me. TED's helps us to get more context from the 4D stories, such as tell me about at the time when work didn't make sense to you. Explain to me about what makes more sense to you. Describe when this happens and how often. Can you show me how the work doesn't make sense? Remembering through this phase of problem understanding, we want to keep people in learning mode. Some may want to move into problem solving mode. Capture the information in a way that allows the stories to flow and everyone can participate. Be aware of team dynamics. Some will listen, some will contribute, some will share, or some will challenge what is said and then inform the group of the next phase. Phase three, provide soak time, do. Soak time gives the participants time to reflect on assimilating new information and knowledge as learning. It provides the it provides the time needed for participants to relate new learnings to what they already know and adapt it for their purposes and translate through into action, such as clarifications for the next phase. Soak time supports a person's ability to think critically about the new information and generate ideas in the problem identification phase and their ability to think about individual learnings. During soak time, the facilitator can also reflect and learn from what team dynamics became visible during the learning mode and how the record taking will flow into the next phase. Phase four, second session, clarify, challenge, solve. Problem clarification mode. If new people have joined the learning team, it is essential to have the others walk the new people through the information gathered, and for the facilitator to outline the process. The learning team is asked how they felt about the previous phase, what were some of their key reflections from what was discussed, and whether there is any additional information they believe is valuable. Problem analysis mode. The learning team participants need to share information they view as most important from their perspective to guide the conversation about what is already known about the problem. All the participants must analyse the work together for a group learning, querying and understanding the work context. Sticky notes or index cards to streamline notes and then convert ideas into bite-sized chunks of information. A small phrase will work here well. Do a quick sort of the problems. Are there any that are immediately grabbed the group's attention? The more the learning team have to think or ponder, the more complicated or complex they are. You can use groups such as simple, complicated or complex. Create wall charts, mind maps, fishbone diagrams or problem categories mode or even headings from root cause categories such as 
machine, material, method, place, and resource. Problem-solving mode. This is the phase where organizational learning happens. The learning team moves from discovery to problem-solving brainstorming. The facilitator must support all ideas without judgment until the group has exhausted their ideas for improving the system so that the same conditions can continue. It takes worker learnings and turns them into actions and actions that support safer outcomes for people. You can stimulate this with questions or use the four Ds. What has been working well? What needs to be done to improve the job? What do you want to do differently? What do you want to do to make it better and safer? When should there be a follow-up to make sure things are getting done and working better? How can small experiments or prototypes be set up to try some of the solutions? How can the story be told? To who? And how can progress be tracked on making improvements? With the four Ds in Ted's example, thinking about when you had to make do to get the work done, can you share an example when that work didn't make sense to you? Doing that work didn't feel right? That work was harder than normal? The work was different from what it should be? And then using Ted's, with the tell me, explain to me, describe to me and show me, to get more context, things like then, tell me about that time when that work didn't make sense. Explain to me about what makes more sense to you. Describe when this happens and how often. And if possible, can you show me now how the work doesn't make sense? Phase five, define current defenses, build new ones. Do. Understand how effective or ineffective current defenses, mitigations or controls are. Then determine if they need to be improved or removed. Understand what new defences, mitigations and controls are seen by the learning team as having the ability to improve safety outcomes for people. Phase 6. Tracking actions and criteria for closure. Check study. Reflect. Reflecting on the learning team and your role as a facilitator, ask yourself, what were the organisational's learnings? What did the participants learn? What did I learn as a facilitator? Where did I have to make do? What would I do differently next time? And who can I share this with? And to seek feedback to learn and improve by identifying a coach or a mentor. In the study component, summarize the improvements for organizational learning. Prioritize those improvements. Think about what workers can do and inform the organization of the outcome what we call the quick wins. What do workers and the organisation can do together? Minor organisational improvements. And what does the organisation need to do in cooperation with the workers, which we call major organisational improvements? And create goals and objectives. Remembering goals must be specific and have an owner. They have to be practical and measurable. They have to be realistic and it has to have a time frame that allows change to happen. Phase 7. Communicate. Tell the story and share success. And act. Implement the learning teams and review if they worked as intended. Use the four Ds to understand this and determine if any unintended conditions have been introduced. If not, 
Improve and remove or remove and review. Don't allow waste to build in the system. Follow through on the improvements by sharing the learnings and outcomes of the learning team with others. By doing this, you will ensure sustainment of the improvements. Identify future opportunities to improve the process outside the original event, situation or problem. Identify similar processes that could benefit from a learning team. Celebrate the success of working together to learn and improve. And think about how will the improvements and learnings be communicated. We suggest using the three L's. The three L's stand for local, lateral and level up. What other opportunities or problems were identified but out of scope of this learning team? Where can we replicate multiple learning and improving opportunities and build cross-knowledge and capacity across the organisation? Thank you, listeners. I hope you've enjoyed that small introduction to part of the book on uh, HOP and learning teams using the four Ds. We look forward to the release of the book in late June. I would like to thank my fellow authors, Jeffrey Lith, Brent Robinson and Josh Bryant, for their participation and for all the contributors that made this book happen. We're very proud of this book and we hope that the community will be able to make use of it to learn and improve. Welcome to Safety Differently Merchandise, the premium sponsor for the Practice of Learning Teams podcast show. Our curated lines of inspirational clothing, headwear, cups, stationery and more, at Safety Differently Merchandise, is befitting of your Safety Differently journey. I am Arthur Taylor, Chief Designer. I have spent decades on Savile Row, and honored to bring my talents, for all fine purveyors and devotees of. Hop. Learning Teams. Safety Differently. Safety 2. And the New View. Please visit the store and purchase our fine goods at safetydifferentlymerch.com. And now, back to the show.